the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, July the 5th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today in 1687, Isaac Newton first published his Principa Mathematica. It's a three-volume work setting out his mathematical principles of natural philosophy. I have not read that, nor do I intend to, but I'm glad others did. It was, it was fantastic, I'm sure. Today in 1811, Venezuela became the first Southern uh, uh, South American uh, country to declare independence from Spain. Today in 1865, the Secret Service Division of the U.S. Treasury Department was founded in Washington, D.C. The mission was to suppress counterfeit currency. Today in 1935, uh, President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed the National Labor Relations Act. Today in 1954, Elvis Presley recorded his first commercial record at Sun Records in Memphis, Tennessee. The song he recorded was That's All Right. Unfortunately, as his life developed from just a kid growing up in Tupelo and then his family moving to Memphis, his life did not turn out all right. It's a sad story, but he became very famous, obviously. But his first record today, Sun Records in Memphis, Tennessee. Today in 1971, President Richard Nixon certified the 26th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. That lowered the minimum voting age from 21 to 18. Probably there has not been an election that is more important than the two elections before America today. One coming up later this year in November, the midterm as we call it, and the national or the federal election for the presidency of the United States in two years, 24 months. I know two years seems a ways out there, but it comes quickly. If you've been around for a while, you know how quickly time passes, don't we? The Seattle police arrested a street preacher on charges of being a risk to the public. The reason they arrested him just the other day was for reading his Bible out loud in a public park near an LGBTQ pride event in Seattle. Have we come to this now? Apparently. Naked, confused people were running around through the park. Yes, they were completely naked, just buck naked, running through the park, celebrating with pride their sexual behavior in front of young children whose parents unwisely brought them out to an event like that. They're protected by the police. While a Christian reading his Bible out loud is arrested. I want to talk to you a little bit more about that today, but today is the day after 
the 4th of July. Interesting. You could look over your shoulder and a lot of things happened. People across this nation celebrated America yesterday, but there were those voices and they were given a pretty, pretty high place in the media yesterday. I noticed that the city of Orlando, they were expressing regrets that people were upset after they had trashed America. The city of Orlando, Florida, in a conservative-leaning state for sure with a very conservative and very effective governor, DeSantis. Ahead of Independence Day, the city of Orlando sent out this email blast to all of the people on their list. I presume there were probably thousands, if not millions of them, across the state. And uh, But anyway, it's in the city of Orlando, uh, they got some blowback. And they got it pretty quickly. And that caught my attention. Let me just share with you a a bit of what they said. Because it's so typical of not just Orlando, but of so many cities across the country, none the least of which are here in the northwest on the (laughs) west side of the Cascades, I might add. But their uh, city news bulletin said a lot of people, I'm quoting them now, A lot of people probably, this was two days before the 4th, a lot of people probably don't want to celebrate our nation right now, and we can't blame them when there is so much division, hate, and unrest. Why on earth would you want to have a party celebrating any of that? Well, (laughs) people read that, and it didn't set well with a lot of people. They were, so Orlando heard about it, and so they responded with this, oh, they went on. There, there was more to their email. Here's the rest of the email. It said, but in all seriousness, the city said, you know in your heart, 4th of July far- fireworks, this was cynical, July uh, fireworks are amazing, especially when you are standing in 90-degree heat, 100% humidity, next to 100,000 of your closest friends. In that moment, something takes over, and we all become united in an inexplicable bond. Yes, America is in strife right now, but you know what? We already bought the fireworks. That was their tongue-in-cheek, supposedly funny sarcasm about America. So it's not worth celebrating America, but we have the fireworks, or we're going to go ahead and party anyway. So just pretend like it's not Independence Day, and uh, pretend like it's something else, gay pride or whatever, and uh, we'll celebrate anyway because we've already bought the fireworks. Well, that didn't go over with a lot of people. I think that was unexpected because the left always thinks that people, everybody believes what they believe. They make that assumption. I don't know if they do it purposely or if they can't help themselves, but they always make the assumption that everybody sort of agrees with them and and kind of almost worships some of the things they believe in, particularly the LGBTQ community and their behavior. But The city made that devastating, and I think there will be ripple effects from this politically in the city from what I read. But anyway, the reaction uh, was not very good from the city of Orlando in general. So they came back, the city, with supposedly kind of an apology, but it wasn't an apology. Here's what they said. Excuse me. The city of Orlando sincerely regrets the negative impact our words have had on some in our community. Well, from what I read, it wasn't some, it was many. 
And it wasn't their words. It was the intent of their words. It was what their words were communicating. They said, we understand these words offend some of our residents, which was not our intent. We value the freedoms we have in this country, and we're thankful, of, and blah, blah, blah. So here we go again. The city of Orlando apologizes if you were offended by their attack on the 4th of July. This is what happens when you elect the left in leadership, which they have. Their follow-up statement doesn't say sorry or offer an apology for portraying the United States as a nation that isn't worth celebrating. It's just that we're sorry if our words upset you or somehow impacted your emotions or whatever. Merely, Orlando regrets the negative impact of their statement. But then the apology criticized by Democrats, and they took off on it, and they started blasting the city because of their attempt at an apology for telling people or apologizing for celebrating America. That's the confusion that we have in America today. I mean, that is what is tearing, and all of the parts of that is the abortion and the gay rights and all of these things that ultimately come down to what is right and what is wrong, and we have lost our sense in this country of deciding what is right and what is wrong because we have we have excluded the Bible, if not pushed it completely off the page, at least we've marginalized it, and we have no real fixed values. We have no real fixed guiding light in this life, collectively, in America, as we know it. And, unfortunately, in the individual lives that make up our collective American community. We've lost our way because we don't have a dependable guide. I think that's what is a part of this. It's, it, it's why we see the things happening in our cities. 71 people were shot over the 4th of July weekend. Excuse me. Forgot to turn off, probably Joe Biden calling again today. I forgot to turn off the phone in the studio. Anyway, that's why we have what's going on in our country today is because we have no real basis for believing something. It's just up to the individual and whatever they believe is their truth. And with that has come not only a disregard for the Bible, but a a real uh almost a hatred for the Bible if it's read publicly or if it's put out there, if somebody talks about it. I mean, there's people that I have heard from that hate me because I proclaim the Bible. And pastors, depending on who's hearing them speak, always face that. And people who publicly proclaim the Bible, the truth of God's word, are categorized as haters and so on and so forth. So this is what's tearing at the very very fabric of our nation. And we see the evidence of this and so many it's manifest in so many different ways. And here in Orlando, I just I saw that and I thought, man, you know, I, is that you know, you know, if they can't even apologize for offending the people that they supposedly serve in their city, We need a reset. The Bible, the Bible is what's missing in this 
torn, confused culture that we see. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven, wrote the psalmist, 119. In Isaiah chapter 40, the prophet wrote, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. My son, attend to my words, incline them unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. The Bible has been recognized as the gold standard, the good book, from the very founding days of our nation. And we cannot escape the truth that this nation was founded on the Word of God. Our founders repeatedly talked about it. They repeatedly said in their office of influence, the presidency and so on, from the earliest days of this nation until more recent times, Ronald Reagan often made reference to the Bible and its importance and others. We live in a day, though, when those who are leftists, who do not believe the Bible, not only not believe it, but they attack it. And that's what we're seeing in Seattle. I support the police. I don't support what they did here. I don't know who gave the directive, but I support the police, and I think we all should. The Bible tells us to to do that and support those in authority in other offices. And I'm a, I, I have spoken many times on this program uh, negatively about the Black Lives Matter and defund the police and all this kind of thing because it isn't really about black lives and it's not really about defunding the police. It's about getting rid of them because these people don't want any authority at all and they don't want to be accountable for what they do and they don't want any consequences and so on. So I support the police. I support them strongly, but... Boy, I look at this, and I wonder, in Seattle, who gave this or, this order to arrest this preacher? He's known around Seattle. I don't know him, but people know him. The street preacher. In fact, there, he's referred to as a street preacher, and he, he refers to himself as a street preacher. Matthew Meineke. He identifies himself as the Seattle preacher on Twitter, and... Um, he was surrounded by Seattle police officers just the other day. He was reading his Bible, was subsequently arrested and fingerprinted, taken to the police station. They released him later. But why would they do this? Well, I want to talk to you a little bit about that today because I think it's important that we know what's going on and we see these tendencies toward undermining or further undermining our religious liberties. Seattle Police Department has enough resources to send 10 police officers to arrest a preacher reading his Bible in a public park. Is that such a horrible crime? I mean, is that where 10 officers should have been sent? I don't know. I don't think so. Meineke wrote that on Twitter, and I agree with him. He said, I, he said he's been arrested twice in the last week for preaching, but he said, I wasn't even preaching. He said, I was just reading the Bible out loud. I was looking at some of the video, and 
an officer can be heard in the background saying, quote, so at this point, we can no longer stand by. The risk that you pose for public safety by remaining here can be mitigated if you leave. This is your last chance. This officer is kind of trying to say, please, will you just go away so that we don't have to deal with this? I mean, that's what I took from that. But he shouldn't have to go away if he's reading the Bible. I mean, I don't read the Bible out loud in a park, but if I felt the Lord led me to do that, I would. But he, I think, is very sincere. He certainly seems to be from everything I've seen and and observed from him. But does this mean that if people hate you enough for what you believe or say out loud, you, not they, must be removed to mitigate a public safety risk? I mean, where can that go? Just consider where that can go regarding freedom of religious expression. What if, I'm just thinking out loud, but what if a large group of LGBTQ plus activists decided to attend a small church and they disagreed with what the pastor happened to be preaching about that particular Sunday? Could the police be called to remove him, the pastor, to mitigate the public safety risk if the activists threaten to begin breaking things and hitting people? You say, well, that wouldn't happen. Well, it does. It happens all the time, not in a small church, but they wouldn't pick a large church, but a smaller one. Maybe 100 people in the church. What if 50 people showed up? And you say, well, I don't think that. Well, it does happen. Actually, as a pastor, I had 200 people show up outside our church with bullhorns and everything else because they were mad at what I was saying or doing or whatever. And some of them came into the service, and I just told them when they came in, but it was a large congregation. It wasn't 100 people, but I just told them, I said, if you guys try to take over, I want you to know you're here and you're welcome. We want you to hear what I have to say. But if you're if you're here to disrupt the service, don't do it because it isn't going to end well. And none of them tried to disrupt the service, but these things happened, and that was a while ago. These things happen. So what if a group comes into a church a small group, uh, and and say the pastor would happen to be preaching through the Bible and be in Romans chapter 1 or whatever. They wouldn't like that. Would the police, I mean, would they take the pastor away from that particular situation to mitigate the risk of losing safety or loss of safety? I don't know. But this tends to think that the Seattle police, whomever gave them the orders to do what they did, would probably do that. Well, I'll tell you. Meineke told the officers, he said, I don't want to leave because he said, I'm not in danger. He told a journalist, Jonathan Cho, he's with the uh, Discovery Institute, based in Seattle. He said, I was in the Seattle Center reading the Bible, not aggressively preaching, not stirring people up, not anything. People began throwing things, vandalizing property. He said, I think about 10 police officers showed up. He told the police, he said, your job is not to silence me and move me. He said, why are those people so offended by my words? He said, I just believe in using the word of God. He also posted a very disturbing video of that group seizing his Bibles and ripping the pages. He carries this, this guy, carries this preacher, carries Bibles with him, and anybody that shows interest in him when he's preaching on the street, he gives them a Bible. 
tells them to read it, and, and I'm sure some of them do. And only God knows what the results of his ministry has been. I don't know, but I know that God knows, and I know he feels very passionate about it. And I, I haven't heard him not preaching biblical truth in the videos and stuff I've seen of him over time. So uh, he seems to be preaching the word of God. But my point is his freedom to do so. So these people were grabbing his Bibles away from him. This had happened a while back, about a week or so ago. And they were, there's a video of it. And they're throwing the Bibles on the ground and they're ripping the pages out and throwing the pages. And there's pages of the Bible all over the street where he's preaching. And the video is, it's out there. In fact, I wrote an article on this today on faithandfreedom.us on our website. And there's a video of this of it happening. I mean, somebody was taking the video and he got a hold of it. He put it on, put it on the internet. But people are shouting. You can hear people shouting at him. They're shouting, get to explicit, you know, expletive out of here. Get your holy water off my ovaries. Expletive, expletive. Get the expletive out. And it goes on and on and on. He says, the hate crime, he said, this is a hate crime and it needs to be investigated. He said, I demand someone take actions and press charges. My Bibles were destroyed in hate for my Christian beliefs. He's absolutely right. Will anyone act on that? I don't know. I doubt it based on what I've seen and the response from the Seattle police. And again, I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not accusing them. I, I support the police. But man, who gave that kind of an order? remove a preacher from reading the Bible out loud because a bunch of homosexuals are offended and there might be the loss of safety. So let's remove this guy so they can do what they do. And what they were doing is running around naked, doing what they do at these parades in front of small children. That's been verified. Meineke explained it. He said, I'm not trying to anger the police. He said, I love the police. I support the police. He said, I've actually preached to them before, apparently by invitation. I don't know. But he pointed to his heart. He continued. He said, so if these words are so offensive, then the problem is here in the heart. He said, the problem is in you. I'm not the problem. He said, meanwhile, we have a bunch of naked people walking around over there, not even 200 feet away. He said, naked grown men with children all around. In the video, Meineke says, we've got a city full of crime. We've got needles all over the place, lawless, homeless camps everywhere. We've got assaults. We've got broken glass. We've got Antifa running the place. But they've got, a, they've got time to send in 10 police officers to arrest a street preacher reading his Bible in a park. Yeah, I don't understand that either. It's very difficult to get my mind around that. I'm sure that, I I mean, I'm not sure. I think the chief of police probably ordered that or someone in authority ordered them to do what they did. But, man, it reminds me of a story in the Old Testament. It's regarding the prophet Jeremiah. Chapter 36 begins with this. And it came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Joash, king of Judah, that this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, 
Take thee a roll of a book, and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee. Now, I'm not going to read the whole chapter because we don't have time, but Jeremiah was faithful to the Lord's calling on his life. He began to write under the inspiration of the Spirit of the Lord. We know that what he wrote was inspired by God. It has been preserved. It is the infallible part of the infallible Word of God that we know as the Bible. So he began writing as the Lord had directed him to do. He was faithful to the Lord's calling on his life. He was often misunderstood much like this street preacher that we're talking about. Through a series of events, Jeremiah's writings eventually were read to the king. There's a, it's a story that's kind of funny. Parts of it are kind of funny. But it was, it was wintertime when this finally made its way, his writings, Jeremiah's writings, to the king. The king was sitting in his winter house, the Bible says, with a fire in the fireplace. Verse 23 of chapter 36 tells us that when uh, Jehudi read the word of the Lord to the king, the king got upset, and he began cutting out the pages with his penknife and tossing the pages that he did not agree with in the fire, in his fireplace. The king was furious over the word of the Lord. So God hid Jeremiah and his scribe from the anger and the Scripture tells us that after Jehoiakim, the king, had burned the pages of God's word, the Lord directed Jeremiah to write the words again. He did, and Scripture was preserved. In fact, Scripture tells us that he added a few more things to the second scroll. But as history and tradition are being eroded and canceled in our culture today, so is the Bible, the word of the Lord. It was, it was George Washington who said, at the very beginning of America, he said it's impossible to rightly govern the world without God in the Bible. And I would add to that, it's impossible to rightly govern Orlando or Seattle or wherever without the truth of God's word, without God in the Bible. I mean, good leaders know that, even if they're not necessarily Christian, although George Washington certainly was. Abraham Lincoln said, I, be, I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given man. All of the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. But for it, we could not know right from wrong. And that's the problem that we have today. We don't know right from wrong. We say right is what we decide right is. And if we decide running around naked in a Seattle park somewhere, it doesn't matter if little kids are there. It isn't wrong because we believe it to be right. Our truth is that it's right. Abraham Lincoln nailed it. He said, we can't tell right from wrong without the guiding light of the Bible. Thy word is a light unto thy path. That's the truth of the matter, and that, to the degree that we have tried to remove the Bible, and this is just a picture of a much greater issue in this Seattle park, we have become so confused and so um, off course, and that's what's going on in America today, and that's why people are confused. They hate America because they think America is the problem. America isn't the problem. Sin is the problem. And it's a matter of the heart. It's not a matter of politics. Politics will straighten out and follow if leaders will lead. And the leadership has to come down to the pastors and the pulpits.
because that's where truth and that's where sanity begins in the truth of God's word. Almost all of our leaders throughout the history of this nation has referred to the Bible. Hey, thanks for being with me today. It's always a privilege and a pleasure. Thank you for your support. We need it. I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.